Welcome to Ongaku to You, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the the podcast for the week of June 29th, 2018. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, guys? And Luna. Hello, everyone. And this is going to be our very special uh, Utara Hikaru podcast. Whoa! Yay! Yay! <laughs> Little delayed they, response um, there. The, 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 the excitement just died. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am excited. I've been looking forward to this like for the past month. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, just yeah, a little so... delayed reaction. This is our third uh, artist spotlight, so to speak, and um, yeah. like previous artist spotlight, we'll mostly go over the history of the artist and a little, and pretty much their entire discography. So um, this is going to be a lovely, lovely extra long episode and probably two hour rant about Kingdom Hearts. I don't know <laughs> if that's gonna fit in, but I'm pretty sure somehow, some way. Well- it's gonna get I, in it, it'll be hard to yeah. not talk about Utada and not bring up Kingdom Hearts, but we will minimize it as much as possible until we get to the new album, at which point we might just go full hog. So th- that'll be. And uh, yeah, this is coming out the week, the week release of her newest album, Hatsukoi. And um, when we get to that album, we'll actually kind of just talk about a couple of our favorite things from the album itself what we liked what we didn't like there's a couple of things that we did not like about the album <laughs> and, and there's uh, a there's some disagreement we'll on what was and was not liked <laughs> some very interesting yep. yeah reversals a, on yes, a few we're things all opinions. yeah but yeah and with that let's play a love song indeed with this episode and uh we're going to split it into two parts, actually, with uh, Luna doing the first half, and I will you know, pretty much uh, take over from the second half on. So I'll without further ado, go right ahead, <laughs> Luna. All right. So I'm going to give you some background information on Utari Hikaru. So she was born January 19, 1983 in Manhattan, New York. So, yes, she is actually Japanese-American. I don't know how many people know that. Um, her parents are both, both were both active in the music industry. Her father was a music producer. Her mother is actually a famous Inca singer, and she was famous in about the 70s time period. Um, so something, another interesting one is Utada originally didn't want to get into the music industry when she was young because her parents were always busy. It was hectic, and she would see that, so she didn't want that kind of life at first. I, I do when find she it was interesting 10 years old, she eventually changed hmm? her mind. Yes. I do find it interesting she changed her mind. Yeah, and and also I think part of it is in a way due to her parents because when she was 10, her parents asked her to write a song, 
So she actually did write a lot of songs when she was young, and that probably contributed to her changing her mind about wanting to be in the music industry is she was really good at songwriting. They would ask her, you know, write some songs and she did it so easily. Uh, the first song she ever wrote was called I'll Be Stronger, which did come out on vinyl. Her parents did release that in vinyl. Don't know if you could find a copy nowadays. I'm pretty sure it was a very limited run type of thing. Um, so I just thought that was interesting, you know, since she's young, she's been writing a lot of songs and we'll get into that and in some of her music a little bit later. So she does have a nickname. I don't know if a lot of people know what her nickname is. Most uh, most of her fans call her Hiki. And she chose that nickname because a lot of people couldn't say her first name in the U.S. Hikaru, it was hard for them to say. So she just said, call her Hiki, which she didn't realize, you know, sounded like Hiki back in the day. <laughs> but it really stuck. Yeah, it, it did stick, though, because she has some of her fan club is like Hiki. They call her Hiki-chan and... So, and even I called her Hiki when I abbreviated her name, and so. Um, so she moved to Tokyo in 98. She actually went to Seisan International School, and then she later went to the American School in Japan, and she graduated in 2000. And she was actually still, she was actually singing while she graduated, which had to have been crazy, because she had a music career while she was in school. I wonder if she sung at the so graduation. <laughs> I don't know, but she, a lot of her, during her summer, she actually spent doing tours and promoting her, her songs and albums, so that had to have been, like, That'd a be, crazy schedule. That would have been pretty funny. Oh, you know, we, we don't have the money to afford any other music acts, so we're just going to use the student <laughs> who is an actual hey, singer. Hey, hey, Utada, can you, oh, hum, oh. can you hum Pop and Circumstance as everybody marches across the stage? <laughs> <laughs> But a lot of um, there are a lot of famous Japanese singers who went to those schools actually, so it's kind of interesting. I'd really like to know who she's all friends with because a lot of them, went, I, I know a lot of them who graduated from those, that school. So well, wasn't her ex-husband some sort of like industry insider? Like wasn't he uh, some sort of producer? Yes, and I will get into that one later as okay. well. <laughs> I have a lot of information depending on the era, but yes. Her ex-husband was a uh, music video producer, and he actually produced a lot of her music videos, or actually at least three of them. So, um, but we're going to start off in the Cubic U era, and most people don't know about this, I feel I, like. I had never heard it's of it, so a very, we started prepping for It's a very obscure, so when she was 13, she was approached by Emmy USA. And they told her pretty much, hey, we're gonna, you're going to make a record. So she actually wrote all the songs to this album. And she does all the vocals for it. There's also a guy who does vocals as it's like a kind of like a little R&B group. I don't know who the guy singer is. It is a very distinct sounding album. And I specify that because it doesn't sound like anything else she's done, in my opinion. It is very, very heavy R&B like the 90s R&B and how, you know, an 80s R&B, and you could hear that. And her voice does sound, uh, it, it's deeper, in my opinion, than what you hear in her other stuff. That's so she wrote, like I said, she wrote all the songs on that album, except one, which she did a cover of, which was a Carpenter song called Close to You. Um, Gray, did you want to say anything or make a comment? 
Uh, my mom loves the Carpenters, so she might be interested in that Close to You cover. And it's in all English. So this album is actually in entirely English because the plan was to market not only in Japan and the U.S., and that's what Utada thought at the time, that it was going to be sold in both. Turns out this album was really mainly released in Japan. So it it actually got some praise by Lenny Kravitz, which is kind of surprising. Uh in, no an interesting fact, it. It, this shocking. album came out in 97, but it didn't see any real success until 98 when her popularity skyrocketed from her first album. And this album ended up coming back and it made number two in Oricon and it sold 700,000 copies over that, which is pretty amazing for, you know, and she was 13 at the time she did this. So, and this album also, her getting a start in the Cubic U help you know influence her to start a career in japan so and that she kind of got into do that with emmy usa well emmy emmy music which they have usa japan um if i'm correct they're a sub uh, they're a sub uh, label of universal so um so she originally debuted in october 1998 at Akazaka Blitz, and she performed an English version of us of the um, of a Sakamoto Kyo song, and it really impressed a lot of the Japanese producers and press. And Shinaringo was actually at that concert as well, <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> how they met. Because later on, you see Utada and Shina do some duets together, and they've actually performed live together. So it's kind of a neat, you know, little hey, yeah. this is kind of cool. This the, is when I they mean, met. They're, they're still friends to this day, because, uh, I mean, on Fatime, yep. there's another Sheena Ringo duet in there. Yep. So uh, that was something I always thought was very interesting, and uh, how she got her start. So First Love was her first album, and this album was a sensation. like, And pretty much an overnight sensation, Due to the type of style it was, it was a R&B pop style album, and Japan hadn't really seen anything like that before. Most of it was split into, like, really pop, or you got your R&B, you know, you got your dance music, but it didn't really have that mixture. And this album has the perfect mixture of R&B and pop, and you definitely hear it. And, and uh, so she debuted with her first single, which was Automatic, Time Will Tell, so it was a double single. And it was released in two different versions, so this kind of helped it sell as much as it did. It Both of these, it was releasing an 8-inch and 12-inch type of CD. And they both made number two and number four on the Oricon charts. So she had two oh, of the wow. same single pretty much on there, and it sold over 2 million copies. Yeah, it blew it out of the park. Total, it <laughs> sold that. And you can tell that just hit. And then she had her second single, Moving On Without You, and that made number one as well, sold over a million copies. So you can just see how she just, that first one just made it. And then a month later, she did release her first album, which was First Love. And you'll hear about later that this this one comes up later on in the podcast. This one charted at number one for four consecutive weeks. <laughs> Which is amazing because after going over the Oricon as much as we have lately, you don't see that anymore. You see yeah. them make number one and then maybe drop down to two or three a week later. The only one I would say would be Namie with her best album, you know, 
held a spot for a little while. I'd like to see how long consecutively. Uh, but this well, album, I, I saw earlier number today, one, um, finally is back. What's up on the top? Is number nine last week? So it's yeah, because it, her, her yeah. concert's up for pre-order. But <sighs> seeing you know, first love number one four consecutive weeks is amazing. In total, it sold over ten million copies. Yeah. And it's Less one of the top-selling albums in Japanese music history. That's amazing. So I I will say that is just something that you see, like, how many artists do that nowadays? You know, not a, I mean, she, her, Ayumi, Hamazaki, and Nami are probably three of the only artists who's ever sold that many albums. When you hear, like, those three names, you know they're, like, the top ones. But seeing Utada do that with her first album is just amazing in general. So during the time period of this album, she actually sang a famous duet with Sheena Ringo, and it was a Carpenter's cover as well called I Won't Last a Day Without You. I thought that was a little interesting fact. So you can kind of see over time they have a good friendship because you'll see them come up together in a couple duets. So next we're going to go into, uh, did anyone want to talk about First Love? Like, you know, what you guys saw of the album. I personally really like this album. It has some really, really good songs on it. I love the R&B feel to it. But. Uh, yeah, it, it's a R&B. I, I don't know. The pop is what stood out to me on that album. Um, but yeah, it's a good album. It It's not my favorite, but it's a solid first album, especially good start to a career. Um, it does have my favorite song on that album, which we will also talk about later. It it has but, my favorite song in that album too. That's why I'm yeah. kind of like, it's not my favorite album by her because I have another one that has more of my top five in it than this one, but this one has some really good songs. And I don't know if I should say this now or say this for later, save but the later. song <laughs> B and C, which is on this album uh, so yeah. she ended up taking a tidbit of the song and forming Passion with it later. So Passion was actually based on the song B and C, which is on this album. Oh, just, I need to just to a B little. And C because yes, I did not pick it was, that Passion up was going to be a second part to B and C. Oh, okay. So That's I thought that was an interesting little fact. It was supposed to be like a continuance or a second part to it. So that was something I found really, really interesting, especially you know relating it. I, I didn't, I, know, I couldn't save that for later. I just, because that's a really, really good song. I mean, oh, I love so many songs in this album. But um, we'll go on to her second album, which is, I call it The Distance Era. So I, I'm kind of going over her singles because a lot of them were just chart toppers, and I feel like they should be mentioned. So her second big single to reach number one was released in 1999, and it was Addicted to You. Great it song. sold 1.7 billion copies great song yes it is i actually really like the remix the up in heaven remix to this which is on her um distance album i love that remix it's so good so um she also uh, during that time period she released wait and uh wait and see risk and she also released the double a side for you and time limit which both continued her number one streak so as you can see, she, you know, she's having number one singles consistently, consistently, which is amazing for a, a new artist. Um, da, 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 da. 
So this actually was also her during she had her first big tour at this time, and it was so popular that they had to add more dates to this. Always good to have. <laughs> yeah, that, that, she that's... had, if I'm correct, like 65 dates. Or she had a high number of tour dates, and they had to add more because they all sold out. And it was kind of hard because she was in school at the time. So they had to go with her school schedule and try to add dates, you know, in, t- in her free time for that. So she, I bet she just had I, a crazy I could, schedule. I could imagine going and to which school. Would ex- and being a number one selling artist on the Oricon. Like, like you walk into class and everybody's like listening to your music and, and you're like, like how, do you, how do you get anything done? Because people are b- bombarding you all day. Like, that's crazy. I, go, I feel Tana. like in Japan, though, I don't think they would. I think every, I think they more keep to themselves. That's and that's true. my opinion on that, just because there's a lot of singers who, you know, continued school. And I feel like no one really bothered them or it seems like they didn't. And even when I was over there, I didn't feel I don't know. You didn't see people. If you saw a famous person in the street, you didn't see people running up and asking for an autograph like you would in the U.S. Did I feel see any more people, people were a little respectful. So that I mean I could I could see maybe some of her classmates you know like trying to talk to her all the time and that but I can't see them like oh my god can you sign this can you sign your album I love you I love you you know I feel people are a little more reserved. I, I would. So, totally what's really that. weird because yes I also think um like idols because m- most majority of them are in school. Mhm. So you gotta also kind of think I'm pretty sure they didn't really bother them all too much it, it would be so a little too. different compared to the u.s yeah 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 well yeah i think so too so um but her this popularity could explain what the next thing that happened so this is kind of interesting is she actually went on hiatus for a short time and she went back to new york and she started to study biology at columbia university she dropped out after half a semester, though, because she said it was it wasn't that difficult. She expected to it to be a lot harder. So then she returned back to music, her music career, and she released "Can You Keep a Secret," which yes. ended up winning a ton of awards. Yeah, it won a Gold Disc song. Award. It won the JRSC Silver Award, and it was number one song of the year. <laughs> I, I love, I, yeah, I so love you can, can you keep a secret this song is I feel awesome. like boosted her popularity too I love, I love this song so, I love this song oh so, can you keep a secret is a great song actually so I, I'm going to comment on distance because distance is my second favorite album I absolutely love this album it has one of my actually top five favorite songs in it and it was really hard for me not to include more off this album because I really, really love this album. Not only the singles were fantastic, but the other songs on the album I really enjoyed as well. So this is one I, I recommend. I mean, it's a good starting point album. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if you guys feel the same way as me, but it, I I don't know. I, I just really like the feel of this album. Uh, I I think I I, I would say a, a great starting point for her if you're gonna do the albums and it kind of ignore her greatest hits, um I would say first love 
I mean, start at the beginning. Yeah. Work your way up. It's, it's not yep. like... And, it, it's and not it grows, like she and you can million. hear her grow as an artist. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's why this, you really hear her grow from first love. You feel her voice is a little more mature. And so I think that's one of the re- I feel like this album was also a good, you know, a point of seeing how she's grown. Um, da, da, da. The next one is Deep River. So I'm going to say this right now. This is actually my favorite album. This has my most favorite songs on it. And I absolutely love this album. I love every song in this album. It is fantastic. So the first song that the first single that was released from this was Final Distance. Yes. So she pretty much Great rearranged song. her song Distance. And I'm going to be the odd one out and say I prefer Distance than Final Distance. But it's probably because I heard Distance first. But Final Distance is an absolutely beautiful song. So there's actually a little story with the song. And it's really kind of sad. So when she was rearranging the song, there was actually a school shooting and she heard about that the student passed away. And this student was a huge fan of Utada. And she also, the student also just recently wrote a award-winning essay that was really uh, popular. And, and since Utada found out she was a huge fan and wanted to be a singer just like her, she, in a way, dedicated this song to her. And in, in Final Distance, it's like an orchestra ballad type song and how she rearranges it, it is absolutely beautiful. She did, um, but this song was extremely difficult for her to sing just because of how the vocals were in it. So she yeah. struggled with the song the most out of anything she's ever done. It's a challenging so I, song. I thought it was yeah. very interesting. Hmm? It's a real challenging, like if you listen to it, there, there's a lot of nuance to it. And it's, it's def, I could yes. definitely see it being challenging and difficult. But yes, and that's what she, she struggled with. But I mean, it turned out beautifully and it is a beautiful song. So the, 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 the next one she did so and she also so this was also the first video she worked on with her now ex-husband and this is actually where she met him just another tidbit on that so he helped her do final distance um his name was kidia kidia kazu oki kazuaki kidia kazuaki was his name um so the next ones actually after this one he directed all her videos and they were in a way like a trilogy. So her next song for this was a completely different type of song. It was Traveling, which is another (laughs) amazing song. I love this song. So the video is actually a continuation of Final Distance, which is why I mentioned like trilogy. Um, This song and video won a ton of awards as well. It won SSTV Art Direction, Best Female Video, Song of the Year, Music Video of the Year. So you can tell this was another big hit for her taking home awards um it it was and it was a beautiful song so the next one everyone knows what this next single was it's the first single of 2002 and it is the theme song to king kingdom hearts hikari i'm pretty sure everyone loves this song and everyone knows the song i i love this song it is beautiful i love both versions the english version if you guys don't know it's simple and clean I love both yes. versions. Um, I, I, it's hard to choose. That's all I'm gonna say. I think I 
credit. I go for Hikari a little more because I heard that first. Uh, so I, I will I will say that I am the opposite of that. Um, I I agree with you, but how I got introduced to the songs is radically different because, um, I grew up. I loved Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Simple and Clean is an amazing song. And I didn't know for years that Utada even did that song. For years. And then one, I happened to, to stumble across uh, her Greatest Hits collection. Um, and um, I had only lis- listened to a couple of the songs. And I was like, well, you know, I like all the ones I've listened to. I'll just buy the whole album. And so I bought the whole album. And one night I was taking a shower and that's the, that was the first time I heard Hikari was me in the shower. And I didn't know that at the time that that was simple and clean. And I, I kind of had like a mind freak going on cause I wasn't expecting it. It was just like, what, what, mm-hmm. what is this? And, um, and that, that was kind of how I, I discovered Utada as a whole. And, um, that's when I discovered, like, she sung, like, all these songs that have been a part of my life for so many years. And I just did not mm-hmm. put the pieces together. And over time, like, I've grown to love Heakerly a lot more than, than Simple and Clean. I, I, I think mm-hmm. there's an intensity in Heakerly that is just completely absent in Simple and Clean. Or, and that intensity really sells that song. And mm-hmm. it, with it, with it not there, it, it just, I don't know. It just feels like there's something missing, but for years. No, I, I, I do agree. I didn't realize she sung simple and clean. And I, I actually heard my first song was Sakura drops and I, I came across it. I was downloading some random Japanese songs. This was back in the day when I was discovering things and I was just kind of listening to them and I didn't know who was who. And I, I love Sakura Drops. And then I heard Hikari after that because I'm like, oh, I really like this artist. One day I was watching TV and they had a promo for Kingdom Hearts. And I heard Simple and Clean. And I'm like, why does this sound familiar? I didn't know who sang it until later on I found out it was Utada who also sang, you know, the other songs yeah. I liked. But yeah, for a while I didn't know who sang that. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's. It was kind of interesting, and yes, I do agree, because something about Hikari, it just has, it, it's more emotional. I feel more emotion in that than I do Simple and Clean. There's yeah. there's a little something more there, and I like the video for this. It's very plain. It's very normal. It's a very, you don't expect the type of video you get, to be honest, but I always remember this video, because it was one of the first videos of hers I actually saw, so... But it is a it's pretty much her most famous song due to it being released, you know, due to be Kingdom Hearts. So, I mean, everyone knows that song and loves and everyone has their own version, which they like better, too. So and there's no right or wrong answer. on. Oh, of course not. Um, The next ones, which are she did another double A side, which is and they both were completely different types of songs, letters and Sakura Drops. And Sakura Drops, like I said, was the first song I heard by her. And Hikari and then Letters. So those were my really early Utada songs. And I love Sakura Drops. That's one of the songs I always gravitate to. And I love Letters. Letters is a beautiful song, too. Yes. Yeah. I love Sakura Drops. Like, I could... I can just hear that song now, and I'm like, that that song. It I have has it a in my head. I want to sing it, it, but I'm a bad singer. It, it 
it it's has such a unique sound to it. Like the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, okay, this is dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love soccer Sakura drums. This one's so good. Yeah, whenever you hear it, you just it's very unique and it is beautiful. So, Letters did not actually have a music video. It was used for a Docomo commercial that Utada herself actually starred in. And Sakura Drops did have a video. And this was the end of what they called the Kidia trilogy. So it finished off the final distance, traveling, and um, and then with this, of course, Sakura Drops. So and so Deep River came out after this, and it became Utada's best-selling album and most critically acclaimed. It sold well at the time it sold four million copies, and even though first love it sold 10 million over time. But it is one of Utada's best ones, and it won Best Album of the Year. It also was the best-selling album of 2002. <laughs> so that's actually pretty good, and I love Deep River. This is a great album. Um, and also, something else big happened in 2002 to her. So she actually married her music producer, Kiria Kazuaki, who, of course, now is her ex-husband. Interesting fact, because he actually was 15 year old, 15 years older than her. And a lot of people kind of questioned it at the time. And she just, she kind of just brushed it off saying, well, we're both inexperienced, so it's okay. We'll learn from each other. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's diplomatic gonna, at the end of the day. It is a good answer. And it, I, yeah. So I remember learning about this. And it's kind of interesting. Um, and, and I mean, but her, I'm going to give it. Yes. Do you, oh, go I was going to say her divorce is relatively recent too. Wasn't that it was only like, a year or two ago. Oh, that's right? her second divorce. No, that's, that's her second divorce. That's her oh, second one. Oh, uh, well, 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 well. Yep, I'll get into what, that. You know what? Some people <laughs> we'll have a hard time too. finding the one. It's, it's okay, Utada. I yes. still love you. And, and. So, <laughs> so um, Ken, did you want to take over from here at all? Or do you want me to finish uh, I'll this take up? Over, uh, finish that up and I'll take over after. Okay, so the next is her single collection, Volume 1, which this, of course, had no new material for this at all. But despite be having no new songs added to this album, it sold 2.5 million copies. And it became the best album of, two th yeah, 2.5 million copies. And I'm guessing that's week one. I'm thinking it's off the Oricon charts. Um, so it could have sold more to this day, which I wouldn't be surprised. And it became the best-selling album of 2004. And um, during this time, she also, that the single collection was released, she wrote a song for the movie Kasherin, which her husband directed. And Kasherin's actually based off an anime of the same name. Oh, so he directed um, the, the song live was action called... Kasherin? Hmm? He, he directed Kasherin? The, live act the live action Kasherin movie? Yep, he did. That's interesting. I, I hadn't, yes, and Utada actually does the theme song to it. It is Dareka no Negai Kanu Koro. Which one song of the year? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it's a dark. Yes. I, of all things, right? Casher. I heard like, it's visually stunning. Uh, Greg, did you want to add something? Uh, no, I, I will say like the single collection is, in, in my humble opinion, a really good place to start just because a lot of the big songs that she's known for are, are on this album. And it's a real good way to really get to know the artist. This is my opinion. Um, like I said, if you're wanting to skip 
the single collection and just start from the first album, you can do that. But if you're busy, you don't have the time. I say the single collection is a great place to start because I mean that that's what I I had for years was single collection volume one and I I love it. Like, it is really good. And I do find the Cashern movie to be a really weird thing because Cashern's just so obscure. But hey, it is very, it is so. Um, during this time, she also commenced her five-year tour of five years being in the industry. And the really interesting thing, it only had five tour dates. So she only did five arenas. So you didn't get a ticket. You were kind of out of luck. But she was also very, very busy, you know, just being married and everything. So it's also understandable. So from there on, we kind of end with that era, her early years. And Ken, did you want to take it from here? Yes, I will. And so now we're going to continue on to the Exodus era. And Utada originally signed with a temporary contract with Def Jam for one song called uh, Blowing My Mind, which was used in the Rush Hour 2 soundtrack. Jeff, uh, Def Jam, after her to do an album, she took up that offer, um, but and she did a, an album unlike anything she has ever done before. The, oh, yeah. It was a English album, and it was much different for the type of style that she usually does for the Japanese albums. And she went for a more mature sounding, I guess. Yeah, more mature, like mature, yeah, yeah more sexual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's putting it bluntly and very yeah. yeah. It's like there's yeah, that's there's like two songs on that entire album that have nothing to do with sex. And the rest of that album is, <laughs> please film it. It does. It, it, it's just like, that's, that's just, I think that's actually a line in a song. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> this, is, this is what it is. I, I, so yeah, mature. I'll put that in air quotes, but yeah. And I mean, for her, I think she felt like being in America, she had to do something more along those lines. So it's kind of understandable yeah, why she yeah. went that direction to sell. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, yeah. she was kind of for it, because in Japan, she couldn't do anything like that. And she did write all the songs on here herself, um, except one. She got Timberland, Tim, Tim Timberland, I can't say his name. He's a music producer to help her write one of the songs. Um, but so, I mean, it's interesting she wrote them all. And I feel like for this, she kind of got to do something that she would not get to do in Japan, so I do respect that, and I'm going to be one of the odd ones out and say there are some songs in this album I really, really love, and they almost made my top five. So I <laughs> re-listened to it recently, and it's not as bad as I remember when I first heard it, I despised it. I've actually grown to be like, okay, this isn't that bad, but there were a lot of songs that, and eh, I don't really like this, it's not her style that I see her as, but so, like... For I will me, say Exodus 04, Crumbling Dusk, and Devil Inside are the best songs on that album. In my opinion, those are my top three on that album. I, I, the, so. the only one that I liked was Exodus 04. Um, but for me, it's just like a lot of it just it comes across for me personally. It just feels really unnecessary and forced. Like it just like a lot of the a lot of the innuendo or lack thereof innuendo, because she's very blunt about what she wants. It, it just, it feels 
forced and unnatural and I, I for me that just feels like a it just feels like a turnoff like I, i'm i'm not like if you want a song about sex that's fine but i i, I don't some of those metaphors just are really stretched i, I feel like because like, she has like I this one like metaphor me. where it's like uh usa is a melting pot so let's get it on and i'm like uh i don't don't ow my brain hurts <laughs> i also feel like for her probably writing it was something different than writing japanese songs so she probably felt like well i'm in america i can be way more blunt so that yeah. could have been it as well as she didn't know how to get across her point without being blunt you know yeah, Not, yeah. I, you know how some songs yeah. are very you know with the innuendo so i'm thinking that might be part of it was in a way going back and forth between japan and america you're gonna lose some of your skills no matter what you know when i when we were over there for a while some of my english got really bad my english isn't always the best even though i'm from here but i can see how that could have been a blocker because when you're in japanese culture so long and you come back to america even though you have both in you it's just both cultures you know a part of your life it it might still be hard to you know decide how to go with that without being blunt so that might be what I'm thinking is when she wrote it, she she didn't know how to do it a little less how she did. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I so mean, I see it from both ways. I mean, and it was 2004. I mean, it's like. Yeah. And, and she, like, that's the other and sex sells and she could have went for that appeal to, oh, if I put this in it, it, it might work, you know, because of the, how the U.S. music industry is. Yeah. So that's yeah. another oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so. if, I mean, if there was zero sex in that album, it it wouldn't have sold at all. So, I mean, it because like I said, two thousand four. Yeah. Like, that's that what was sold. when the that's sex appeal was become more prevalent, and the the cutesy popsy stuff was kind of going away. So yeah. I can see her, you know, why a lot of the songs were the way they were. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and... it's not a great album. It, it's definitely my least favorite album in a whole. But I, uh, I don't Ken, know. I'll let, I'll let you. <laughs> I, I don't know which. I'll is let my, you go back on favorite, Ken. I'm sorry. No, yeah. We it's, stole the show from you, man. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> because this this album had a lot of, I guess, controversy with it, mostly because of just her change of style. Yeah. Yeah, it's very so, pop. But if I'm remembering correctly, it, it's yeah, very, it's very. very and it has different sounds than any of her other albums and have had. If you listen to like the actual music in the background, it's way different than her previous work. Yeah. So, and I feel like it didn't mesh with her voice. That was my other issue with it is not only the lyrics, but some of the songs did not mesh with her voice, just how the composure was. So. But, you know, the album did sold very well in Japan, ironically. It did. Selling about 550,000 copies in four days compared to the 30,000 it did in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, it it did really, really good. Um, I will say, I mean, Devil Inside did really well on the U.S. dance charts, but how well does that, how many people actually, you know, listen to dance charts or look at them, you know? Or specifically those subgenre charts. Yeah. But yeah, this album I felt like was one to talk about just because of 
it's such a different style change and it is a very talked about album just because of the everything around it and with it so but yeah um continue on to the ultra blue era and she had a a bunch of new singles for this um album such as be my last keep keep trying and passion all which were big hits passion of course, being the theme song for Kingdom Hearts 2. Yep, yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, it it all sold number one on the Oricon charts and sold over 900,000 copies. Be My Last was used for the Japanese film Haru no Yuki. And all of the the albums contained um from the single since deep river so was used colors for was, her oh go ahead i would say colors was also on this album since it wasn't actually on deep river but i love colors it's such a beautiful <laughs> song well, um, yeah as 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 you two have heard me say like there are two songs i like on this album and that's it passion and colors and the rest of the album see, i just don't like i actually liked a little more i i like be my last i really like keep trying i, like I love trying. colors i yeah, love colors, colors. colors passion i like passion but i'm not head over heels for that over that song i oh, mean yeah. i feel like it got all the hype mainly for kingdom hearts 2 and it's a really good song but I just feel there are so many songs better than Passion. So I'm going to be the odd one out and say that right now. Don't kill me, Kingdom Hearts fans. That's okay. So we, we, will, we will hold our keyblades. You heartless With the monster. release of um, Hatsukoi, out of the three songs that they'll be using for the Kingdom Hearts songs, which one did you guys like? The most? The best. Yeah, what is your favorite? Hikari. Hikari, hands Passion. down. Passion by two. Oh, what about oh, you? Like to pa- I I prefer passion. I I love both songs. Uh, Chikai we'll talk about later, or we could talk about right now if you want. But um, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Chikai right now, just specifically that. Song. Okay. Um, Chikai. Um, when we get I like. To Hatsukoi, we can dive in a little bit more. Uh, Chikai, I like. I'm not like it's not. For me, it's not on the same level as the other two. That's, that's just a personal opinion. I do like it. And I can see myself falling in love with it at some point, but right now I just like the song. It's not like like the first time I heard Sanctuary, which is which goes like I heard Sanctuary long before I heard Passion. And the first time I like I went into Kingdom Hearts two thinking like, well, they're never going to have a song that's better than Simple and Clean. And the moment the bass drops, I was like, I was wrong. I was dead wrong. The song is awesome. <laughs> OMG. Yes. Lord, take me now. Like, I loved Sanctuary. Like, Sanctuary, I think, is is a beautiful song. I think it is the best song. And symbolically, I think it has the most to say. Um, that I'm going off the English versions of the song, because I'm not 100% certain what Passion's about. But I do like passion a lot and i will say while i prefer 
um, Hikari over Simple and Clean. I don't have that with Sanctuary and Passion. I equally love those songs because um, they, they, they just they both have something that's just special in them, and I think I think they work uh, in in a very unique way. And yeah, I, I do. I, I love Passion. Like Passion, in my opinion, like Kingdom Hearts two best best theme and and again that's my opinion but i i I know luna's got the first one and there's not there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's a great song just it's not it's not um chikai i liked it it didn't stick with me or wasn't as memorable i felt as the first two were i mean hikari was extremely memorable passion even though it's not one of my favorites it's a very memorable song and it really does fit. Chikai, I still, I can see myself, like Grace said, you know, really loving it later down the line, but it definitely is at the bottom of my three of those. It, it, it also it's doesn't a, feel very Kingdom Heartsy. I, I hate to say it, but yeah, like, it doesn't feel like it feels like that. And yeah. so does Hikari, but something Chikai doesn't quite feel that way. Maybe once we see it in the game. Yeah, you know, that, that, that was the uh, thought. You know, we, we can't say anything saying that it doesn't feel Kingdom Hearts E because we don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts 3 That's as true. Of right now. It, co- it comes so out once in we seven see it months. And hear it with it. <laughs> yeah, I do agree. I, I do like the song. It's a really good song. I still, you know, I guess it's at my, my like, bottom at the moment. Like, I can see it maybe over time being side by side with Passion. Like I, I will so. say I could see play a love song being Kingdom Hearts three theme a lot more. Mm. Just but going we, off of the themes of the game. Like, honestly, and, and, we don't and, know the. But we don't know the tone of what he's going for this time around. That's yeah, true. that's like, what I'm thinking too. Literally, don't know. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking too. Is I but, think once more trailers are released and once the games released, we might see how it actually fits in there and change our minds and really yeah. like, oh, we love this song. It actually yeah. fits really well. Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, because there's a huge cog in the wheel that is completely missing. So I that that is very true. But I I imagine Kingdom Hearts three to be. I imagine it's going to be dark, darker than. Well, I don't know. Two is pretty dark, but this is the end of the trilogy. So, like Triumph, I know is going to be a theme uh, with Aqua coming back. Spoiler alert! And um, but she might turn evil. (laughs) She could. I don't know. I don't know. She she spent she spent like what ten years in the darkness. There's no telling what's happened to her. Um, Yeah. Like. It, it's hard. It's it is hard to know what's going on, but it, because it's the end of Sora's story, it's the end of the trilogy. I there there is no telling tonally what they're shooting for. So I will I will also say that that's that's very true. But I, I imagine it'd be dark, honestly. But I don't know. They they could be going for a very triumphant tone because it it is Disney. It's the it is the last of the series. I I don't imagine it ending on a bad or sour note they could blow they could pull the wool over my eyes but i just don't see it happening look at the target demographic it's going to have a happy ending i don't it's just it is what it is so i'm interested to see what that happy ending is but i i'm 
I bet yeah, I know it's going to be something. Uh, personally, if I had to choose between all three and rank them in order, um, I do like Passion the best. Um, Chikai is probably second. Um, over time, I really did like Hikari and Simple and Clean, but my taste has changed, so to speak. So I've, it's it's been bottom. Like like if I were to be perfectly honest, it's a little bit on the bottom of my list of my favorite songs of hers. I'm I'm actually like if we were doing a top, if we were to do a top like ten or twenty, it would probably be ten or twenty at least at the bottom of the list. But that's just me personally. But yeah. But you know, this album contained all the singles uh since Deep River and was included into her um United tour, which started in two thousand six also. Now we're gonna go on to Heart Station, which is um my favorite album. And you'll know that in a hot second once we uh, get to the top five. <laughs> uh, Boku no, Kuma was the uh, first single released for this album and was a, a CM, used for a CM. And the second single, oh, Favor of Life, broke records and sold 5 million total downloads, topping yeah. the Oricon and surpassed the 15 million sales mark by week seven. <laughs> and is only behind Namie and uh, Ayumi Hasaki in sales for a female solo artist in Japan at that time. That's crazy. Yeah. The, yeah, it yeah, is. That, <laughs> to be fair, that's a, that's, that's a stellar song. So It is. that When I first heard that song, I actually... Like it, it really got to me. Like it really gets to your emotions, and I cried. Um, another thing about that song, it's actually the ending theme to Hana Yori Dango Final. Is it movie two or final? I know it's the ending it's theme to Hana. It's final, yes. So I was thinking that, but I, I, it's been years since I watched all the Hana Yori Dangos, but um, I can see why that helped it sell because Hana Yori Dango was huge, and I actually heard this song. Because my best friend loved that movie, and he loved that song. And I heard it, and I'm just sitting there, like, kind of in tears, because it's so beautiful. <laughs> and it deserved all the sales it did. Uh, also, during this time, uh, it marked the the end of um, the split up between her and her ex-husband, Kiria. After four years of marriage, it was, it was mutual, and then they just kind of grew apart. That's sad. And, you know, that's what... It happens. What, and uh, It happens. So, and she, they both were probably busy. He's a, you know, he does videos. She's, a, you know, a singer. I mean, how much time do they really get to spend together? Not a lot. Yeah. Not and, a lot. Yeah. The single following this, this breakup, was a double A side. It was Beautiful World and Kiss and Cry. Beautiful World was uh, used for the theme song of <laughs> Evangelion 1.0. Yes. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> waiting for that movie. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that movie, man. <laughs> what, what, four? Uh, I know, four. we all are. Did you, did you guys four. see that the director... You know, 
was in a beer ad. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? You're, you should be working on Evangelion 4, not this. Get back to work. Maybe he wants a break. Yep. Maybe he wants to draw it out till before, you know, like, and make people just start screaming and crying and forget about it and then release break. it. And then everyone's break, break. He directed running. Shin Godzilla. He needs to get on it. Shin Godzilla was a great movie, though. I need to yeah, see it. it. I want to see it so bad. I want to see that movie so bad. But no, I haven't seen it. But yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, like, that's great. Poor. it's probably, it was it's worth probably one of my favorite Godzilla movies. <laughs> it was amazing. I loved uh, it. it. I I want another one by him. It was good. Wait. So I can forgive him for taking a break from Evangelion to do Shin Godzilla. Can't. That's okay. I can't. I, like, like, there's no. But you know, originally, the the year that we all were in Japan, that was when 4.0 was supposed to happen. Yes, it yep. was. I remember seeing the, uh, the the giant Evangelion posters in Shinjuku, and I mean there's Evangelion everywhere. And, I mean there know, was a there was a huge Eva statue on one street that we went on. Uh, unit one, like I remember, there was a giant Unit one statue uh, on one street, and I was like, oh, "Is Evangelion yep, one?" That I was in Shinjuku. I remember that you went crazy, and it was love, awesome looking. Yeah, yeah, because well, yeah, yeah. it like. Uh, out of the mechs of Evangelion, like Unit One is just my favorite. I love the I love the color scheme of it. The purple and green work. Few things ever work like that, but that purple and green just mm, magnificent. That that is a gorgeous mech. So, like, like I can't wait for Evangelion Four. I mean, I will say three is a little disappointing. It's not nearly as good as two. But... I haven't watched it yet. Don't ruin it. I stopped it too. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh, the 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 cliffhanger thing to two is just rough. But uh, I know is... I need to rewatch them because I don't remember them. I know uh, I really don't. I remember Beautiful World because I like the song. Although it, the first yeah. time I heard it, I didn't know what to think of it, and then it really grew on me. Uh, see, I loved so. it. Like the first hey, time Gray, I heard you it, I play loved a, it. You want to play a piano, Gray? Uh, well, I'd have to learn how to read bass cliff long before I I learn how to play piano. But I wouldn't mind learning at some point. You can do it like how they did it in 3.0. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. Uh, I'm, I'm, and you, you know, I, you saw that, that, I saw that movie, uh, in, the, I saw that movie in theaters. <laughs> I, I saw that know. movie in theaters. I'll put them the on pianist... my list to get going on it, along with all my other backlog of lovely anime and concerts. I'll I, get to them, I promise. I saw that movie in theaters, and when we got to the piano sequence, literally – literally the entire room was snickering and giggling and i'm like and it's actually a moderately oh, serious scene so i'm like please stop just i'm i'm asking you please stop <laughs> you're, you're taking me out of this movie but everybody's like oh oh, oh, oh it's two guys and i'm like oh god oh god yeah oh don't say that <laughs> i got your idea now I'm getting it. I got an idea. So let's uh, let's continue on to, to how great this album did and the next single, the next single that was released for this album. Oh, beautiful world <laughs> anyway, is amazing. I love that song. It, it's only love. You can kind of tell she's embittered by that song because it's like, eh, it's only love. <laughs> like, daggum. What do you mean it's only love? <laughs> She's not bitter at all. She's not yes. bitter at all. 
Stay Gold was the next single, which topped the uh, Red Goku Cho and Heart Station, the album, which was... Uh, Actually, the single, because up- uh, the song ended up being the, the theme song for the Recho- Cho- Reco- Rec- Reco- Choco. Yes, Reco- sorry, I cannot Choco. speak today. <laughs> yeah, the song Heart Station ended up being the theme song for Reco Choku. I probably spelled that wrong. I was going to ask if that's spelled correctly, but I don't, I don't know. Um, thank thee, sorry. No worries. But, but yeah, the album Heart Station sold over 1 million copies, made number one on the chart, and was the f- fifth best-selling album of the year. Not bad. And now we're going to go... We're going to go to another era. Uh, Ooh, this one was uh, interesting. I so this, this is going to be... This is going to be the This Is The One era. Um, so... I like this. I like this album. I, 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 I will say I liked it more than Exodus. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, Island Def Jam approached um, Utada again, wanting to do a second English album, and already started writing songs for the album in two thousand. Or, or Utada started writing songs oh, for the Tarda album in the late. Started. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, but during this time, it, it was just really funny uh, because. She decided to come back to the U.S. market, mm-hmm. and another very famous Asian star decided to premiere in the U.S. market. And I was just having very good thoughts. I was like, "Man, this is going to be very interesting to see how this is going to be." Wasn't that Boa? No, she yes, was. It was. Yeah, it was because she her album came yes, out in '09. Yes, I didn't, it I didn't was literally Boa within a couple months. A couple months of each other that they um that they have rivaling albums and a bunch of people were making videos about which is gonna win someone who's been more famous internationally or someone who's really famous for her Japanese work. Yeah, I do. I remember I bought them both. I bought both U.S. albums and I also bought the deluxe edition of Boa's English album. Um, I I. I, I actually almost forgot about that that because Boas came out in 09, but I remember her coming over and starting to promote it and work on it with Eat You Up in 08. So, yeah. but Utana's also came out in 09. Technically, she just started writing the songs earlier. So they yeah. really did drop both in 09. And I kind of, yeah. I remember going to, I bought Utada's album at FYE and I bought Boas' album at Best Buy. And then I bought Boa's Deluxe album at FYE. But I do remember, because I'm like, I'm going to support them both. So I, you know, I had to buy them both. But I will say, I really did enjoy This Is The One, as her vocals were a lot better with this album. Because, I mean, Exodus, they did feel very forced. But This Is The One, they sounded way more fluid. Like, she felt more comfortable. And... I actually really love the songs. I had Come Back to Me as my ringtone or my ring back for years. I had that song. It's hard to remember. That Um, was a thing. Ring back? 
yeah re- re- bring back tones like hey when people call you they get to hear this yep. like like i forgot that was a thing. yep i had come back to me as my ring back for years and unfortunately it's not on verizon anymore so that's where i bought it from and um so yeah i don't know what my ring back now is a uh a bach piano theme right now but i loved come back to me and i love the song this is the one i mean i felt this album was actually rather good and I wish if it would have got more promotion from her label. I kind of feel like the reason that it didn't succeed, same with Boa's album, English album, is they got no promotion. I yep. mean, their record labels did not promote them at all. And yes, Island Def Jam, Def Jam, they have Mariah Carey under their label. So of course, who are they going to promote more? Mariah Carey, you know, or other artists who are bigger. So I feel like a lot of it is her record label's fault. I mean, she did nothing wrong. This album could have succeeded on the U.S. charts is the style was great the vocals were great it just they didn't promote her there was nothing for it the only reason i remember i knew about like this and boa is because i was a huge fan of them so of course i'm gonna go out and buy it and same with other fans um it just kind of disappointed me that they didn't give it any promotion and what's what's funny is like out of those two i i I thought utana won like there there were videos that I, people were arguing that Boa won, but I honestly thought Utada won. I think Utada's This Is The One album is... Okay, I love Boa. Like, actually, I am a huge, huge, huge Boa fan. Probably I love Boa a little bit more than Utada. Mm. Um, I, I will... I actually think Utada's This Is The One album, vocal-wise, song-wise, and it also had the... If you bought the physical copy, it came with both versions of Sanctuary and Simple and Clean did not come with that digitally. So I feel like that also was a seller for this album was because of those songs were on it. But I do feel as a whole, this is the one was a better album vocally and lyric wise. I do love Boa's English album, but it's all dance songs. Like it's all fun, dancey, poppy songs. I feel like this is the one is a more mature R&B pop album. So I do agree. I think this is the one actually, if, if whatever did win it, I do think it's, this is the one probably more so than Boa's album, because I don't think that got any promotion, at least nope. with this is the one she did a U.S. tour to promote it and actually did go around the U S and did some concerts here. Boa didn't yep. really get a chance to she, do that. Yes. Yeah. And it makes me I sad think- because. I, I love Boa, and I wish if they would have promoted it more. And that's SM's fault. So, what's what I think is really weird. So, Boa didn't do a tour. She mm-hmm. probably only went to LA to promote it, and that was yes. the only "quote unquote" tour that she had. But Utada, she even came here. She came to Hawaii and yep. had the tour here. Yep. I should know. I, I spent $200 for that ticket. <laughs> <laughs> was it worth it? Was it a really good? Go. Uh, was it a good? It concert? was really good. It was really good. And she did sing um, both Sanctuary and um, uh, Simple and Clean as the encore, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, that's but, worth so. 200 bucks. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I, I agree. I think this is the one got way more promotion, even though I, it didn't get as much as it should have. Um, Boa's album got nothing. And I don't know how it got a deluxe edition, to be honest. Um, it, the deluxe edition just came with three new songs and a new cover. 
So, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a bad album. I actually really enjoy it, but it, it I kind of wonder if her record label just didn't do anything. If I'm correct, SM was the one who helped her do her English album and they know nothing about how to promote things in the U.S. Korea, oh, they're fantastic. Japan, they're fantastic. U.S., no. But Boa was also doing a movie around that time, so I think that could have contributed to it as well. So, if I'm correct, she was doing a movie, Make Your Move, at that time. So, but uh, we probably should move on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the one did reach number three on the Oricon charts and topped the Oricon International charts for five weeks. And now we're going to go on to the single collection, Volume 2, which is my favorite. Because <laughs> it just had all the songs I loved. Um, but yeah, in, 2000, uh, in 2010, uh, Utada announced a indefinite hiatus for two to five years. And she wanted to go out with a bang, so to speak, and released her second compilation album in November of that year. On the same day, Universal Japan released a compilation album entitled Utada, the best, with pretty much all the best of her English songs. And, um, you know, she really did not want, she really did not like this decision (laughs) and didn't want the fans to pay for something that her heart was not in. And also during this time, she split up with her U.S. label, um, the Island of Jam, and signed to a global contract with um, Emmy Music, E-M-I, so that yes, she Emmy. could release, yeah, so she could release songs in any language. To uh, promote the single collection, Volume Two, she did several tours. One t- uh, titled Wildlife and was featured in 64 theaters across Japan. Uh, this was also available to stream on the US on usstreams.tv and was accessible by 900,000 viewers. So that's pretty and, big. It shows theaters yeah. and you know a US, you know a stream in the US. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And during this time in 2012, she also, uh, with uh, Sakura Nagashi for the theme of uh, the new Evangelion. Was it 2.0 or was it 3.0? Uh, 2012 had been Probably 3. 2.0. It was it's 2.0, 3. right? Uh, no. Um, oh, I'm 90% certain that's 3. Because the ending theme three. for uh, 2.0 was Beautiful World, a remix of Beautiful World. And okay, yeah, you're right. It was altogether. for three. And and like 2012 was about when three came out because uh, yeah, I want to say two was 2010. And yeah, you're right. You're uh, right because one, one was, was like oh nine oh oh god yeah oh, no something. no no I remember I remember now because three came out a year after we came back to, from Japan yeah. Yeah, well, it had been out in Japan <laughs> for like two years before it came out in English, and I, I don't know what took so long. The rights. I do not know what took so long. I even asked yeah. Funimation, I'm like, what's taking so long? And they're like, oh, well, we're having complications with the English subtitles. I'm like, really? It took you guys two years to get those straight? Okay. 
Hey man, mm. they wanted they wanted <laughs> they just wanted to subtitle that piano scene correctly. Yeah. Uh, I like that man, scene. I just want to go and record the scene. Now. I like that scene. That's a great scene in that movie, and and and, and children ruin it. I guess I'm a child. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. I have my moments too. <laughs> but, you know, the song was released digitally with no promotion and still got over 300, uh, 350,000 downloads. Well, it was, it was at the end of an Evangelion yeah, movie. Yeah, that's which amazing. Is colossal in Japan. So I, I, and it's Utada. You yeah. know, you're, people are going to buy it even if there was no promotion for it anyway. Yeah, but unfortunately, in the following year, Utada's mother, Inca singer Fuji Keiko, uh, she passed away, and it it she committed suicide in uh, Shibuya during that time. Which is unfortunate. And I actually I remember, remember when this happened. I remember the news and hearing about it, and it was really shocking and really, really sad. But, you know, she tried to pick herself back up the following year because uh, she announced she had gotten married to an Italian bartender and fan. <laughs> Where did she find him? And like, things I were on the up and... In hmm? Italian. <laughs> in Italy. I forgot. I, they have his name, but I found his name. I just didn't want to put it on here because I thought that would be awkward. <laughs> yeah, because he's not yeah. a, a, Plus a, a you would... in the industry. Well, plus you would love to hear my my really fake Italian accent, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I can't but do yeah, accents. You know, but, yeah. after that, the following year, she announced the birth of her first son, which is yay, 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 yay. And with that, uh, we head on to the next era, which is the Fantome era. And with the birth of her son, Utada announced that she will be in the midst of recording a new album. And two of those uh, two songs were digitally released. One was a theme song for an NHK show, I believe. And in August of 2018, uh, she announced the, or the name of her sixth album, Fantome as well as the cover and track listing. She had uh, several special guests by friends on the album, one of them being Shinaringo. And she also was doing a lot of promotion for this albums and appeared on a various amount of television and uh, radio shows. And of course, Fentome ended up topping the charts once again, being beating out very uh, tough competition Top. during that week. Yeah. With uh, Exile's Extreme Best Album, and sold over 250,000 copies in its first week, and maintained its number one position for four weeks. Yeah. It even made number two on the uh, U.S. Uh, iTunes charts. Which is pretty darn amazing. I mean, her beating out Exile, and we all know how big Exile sells, and you know, yeah. Exile's is like Johnny's big seller, and her beating out them, I'm just like. Holy cow, that's that's a big deal. Although I will say, I am not a fan of Fantome. Uh, it's probably another one of my least favorite albums. I, but I really like I'm it. happy that it did as good as it did, showing that she still has it. 
I, I really like Phantom for Man. all those years. Like, I, I bought it, mm-hmm. I think, the day after it came out, because I was really excited that she had a new album out. And uh, it was the second album I ever purchased um, by her. And for a long time, like, it, I would listen to it on repeat. So I, I, I got to know the album really well. And um, at first, I didn't love it, but it, it came to grow on me a lot. And um, I, I think it's... It, it's got some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's her best work, but, you know, it, it's still good, and uh, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, I mean, it's worth listening to, at the very least. Even if you don't love it, it's worth a check. There's some good songs on it. Like, I really like the duet she did with Sheena Ringo. Yeah, that's a good song. Um, I thought that song was, yes, it's really, really good. And I loved Michi, the opening song. I really, really loved that. And, of course, I really liked uh, Sakura Nagashi. And I also liked Jinsei Saikoku no Hi. I thought that was a really fun song. So, and Hanabato Kimi Ni was good, too. And that was one of her singles as well. But all in all, I mean, I just thought it was very... Um, Metacore, uh, I mean, there was nothing that really, like, super, super stuck out besides the Shino Ringo one and Michi, but, I mean, it was yeah. still one, you know, I mean, if you're a Nutata fan, you know, of course you'll get it. You'll purchase it. Uh, my mistake, I said 2018. It was 2016 that the album yeah. came out. <laughs> uh, it's okay. One of my, one of we my get favorite... what you meant. It's okay. Uh, I think my favorite song on the album is Koya no Okami. Which you you did hear in the opening montage. It's the next to last song. It's a very interesting song. It's very yeah, different. Well, it has a very playful opening, and then at the midpoint, it gets super serious. And I, I don't know why. I really love it. Like that. That to me was like the first time I listened to the album. Like that song stood out to me lot more than the others did and i kept re-listening to it because it's just it was something so different and yeah uh, I, I liked it uh, my girlfriend is also really good uh and see i didn't like my girlfriend that was like my most disliked song mm, no the uh the one with the dude is the one i didn't like uh hold on I oh with name. um uh, it was uh, Cole, Cole. k-o-h-h yeah. Uh, Bo Kyaku. Yeah, I, that, that's the one I don't care much for. Because uh, that to me, that's just a boring song. But um, the rest of the album, I thoroughly in, enjoyed. But those are the two that I, I like the most. And uh, it's not called My Girlfriend on the album. It is uh, Ore no, Ore no Kanojo. Yeah. Which means My Girlfriend in English. What about you, um, Ken? What were your favorites off this album, or was there any that really stuck out to you? To be perfectly honest, um, this I did not really like this album. I know I, I had I struggled. It was it was a it was a slog to kind of go through. I mean, Ode no Kanajo was probably the only song that stuck out, but even so, it's it's it. It, it it was difficult to go through. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And everyone has their own, you know, yeah. I mean, we all have this certain new t- 
had an album with Reek Gravity too, so. Yeah, but, you know, uh, it made number two on the U.S. charts, which is really good for uh, mm-hmm. a Japanese artist. US, yeah. yeah, for a Japanese artist. And um, this was during also the big swing of the Korean main wave. So that's very yep. good for a Japanese artist specifically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And then at the 58th uh, Japan Record Awards, Fantome took home the best album of the year and MTV Japan it, it made them it gave that album more awards such as the best female video and best video of the year for Manatsu no Tori Ame. Mm-hmm. So. I mean it hey it actually did really good and I felt like also for her being absent for pretty much five years that also helped boost its popularity because everyone really wanted Utana back mm-hmm. yeah yeah she was missed Mm-hmm. she was but yeah continuing on to now to the present to the Hatsukoi era in September of 2017 Utada announced that she would be leaving Universal after 18 years run with them and joining Sony. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was my expression and their epic label. Um, and ugh, ugh, now I know why I can't get some of my other ones. Then I know why they took Crystal like, K off YouTube. Yeah, this is the reason why I, I could not find any footage for Hatsukoi or Can We Play a Love Song and put them on the pit site was because she was with Sony. Yeah. That explains a yeah. whole lot. And it makes it harder for anyone in the U.S. to get her music now. And yeah. any videos, you're not going to be able to watch any of that because Sony has it. Sony, if you're listening, please make it available in our country. We'd love that. <laughs> please. Yeah, that would be really nice. Because, uh, yeah, I really, really wanted to see play a love the, the music video for play a love song, and the only thing I could find was the commercial that that the that it was used for, and I wound up sharing it on Facebook, but that's hey, all I could find. I love that, that's I, 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 I want that sparkling water now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I hate sparkling water, but more power to you if you can drink it. Mm, I love it, but that's just because they don't drink soda anymore. So. Uh, I will say I've laid off. Uh, I mean, I just finished the Dr. Peppers, but um, I, I've been laying, laying off the, my soda intake. But what I've been drinking is like a great flavored water. That's what I've been drinking. So, um, yeah. So now yeah. we know why it's hard to get her stuff. <laughs> Thank you, Sammy. <laughs> Thank you, Sony. And yeah, the only time I'm going to be able to listen to any of your English songs and uh, the Japanese songs for the Kingdom Hearts Sea is uh, through the trailers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And uh, with the announcement, um, one of these songs, uh, Chikai, which we talked about earlier, is the theme for Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, what is the English uh, so- title for the song? Don't Look Back. Have they announced it? Don't look back. I, don't look back. I think that's what we that's, I don't, that's what we've reported months ago is don't look back. I can look it up. No, it's just interesting because it's called Chikai, you know, for the Japanese one. But I know it doesn't have to be a direct translation. So you know, but I'm very uh, curious it, how it's, the English. It's it's a it's a different kanji, so um, yeah. I don't think it's. Yeah, probably than what I'm thinking. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm thinking something different. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm but also the song Hatsukoi. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm looking it up. Go on. Oh, the song Hatsukoi was released to commemorate her 20th year in the music industry. Oh, too bad. I, we, <laughs> I didn't really like it. <laughs> and it is Don't Think Twice. Don't Think Twice. Yeah, I can't. You won't be able to find any. Uh, well, maybe you could find the English version of it somewhere, but uh, the only way I've been able to hear the English version is uh, on the Kingdom Hearts Three trailer. Yeah, that's the only. They they haven't officially like released it or anything like that. You, if you want to hear the English version of that song, you have to listen to it through the the trailers. So, if, if you're a huge fan of Donald Kingdom Hearts, Goofy. you'll get to see the Toy Story world about forty times because that's that's the only way you'll hear that song at this moment. But yeah, what did we think of Hatsukoi, the album? So it was okay. Um, I liked it a little better than Fantome, um, which doesn't say much because you know my opinion on that. But I will say the song Forevermore is amazing. That is my favorite song on that album. It stuck out as soon as I heard it. I'm like, I love this song. This is a fantastic song. I, if you're gonna listen to any song in that album, that's definitely the song. Uh, I I will say I disagree with you, but I can't talk about my favorite song because it's number five. So when we do our top five, I will talk about my favorite song off this album. But um, it, it's interesting. I, I will say that it's it's interesting. There are some songs that made me nearly wreck my car the first time I heard them. Uh, because I was like, what am I listening to? Uh, specifically, uh, the Paku song. Or she says Paku like 8 million times. Uh, hey man. <laughs> disrespect the Paku. <laughs> uh, Pakuchi no like, Uta. um, Pakuchi no Uta. That was a fun song. Oh, no, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's a fun song. It just, I wasn't expecting it. I'm like, what is this? No. What is you don't, this? It's really odd. It, it kind of reminded me of when she did Boku no Kuma. Boku no Kuma, Kuma, Kuma. And I don't know. It reminded me of that a little bit just because it was one of those really weird songs. So you're like, what paku, is this? Paku, Paku, Paku. I'm like, okay, this, this is, this is a song. Uh, it, it's, I liked it. Uh, there is a disagreeance on one song though. It's called "Too Proud." You guys love it up to the rap. I dislike it up to the rap, and then I love the song. So it's kind of split there. <laughs> yeah, I hate the rap for for what it's worth. I mean, no disrespect to the the rapper on the on the song. I I, I hate the rap. The song was fine without it. Like, yeah, I just cut that out and just continue the song out like normal. Yeah, you good. Like, I agree. I really like the song, and then I heard the rap, and I'm like, oh, I'm like the rap wasn't bad. It's just I, I like the whole song without it. I would like her to do a see, remix I, and do I, it without the rap. See, I felt like her yeah, vocals, like tonally it changed. <laughs> I felt I felt like her vocals yes. don't measure up with the the background music though. It's like like the the actual music to the song and her vocals. For me, like it felt like they were doing two different things, and then when the rapper comes in, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it just fits right in with the background music. So you're like, oh, okay, I can, I can see that. 
and th that's when it, the the song changed for me because it's like like i mean i'm uh, to be fair there's like 800 songs where there's like low background music playing and some dudes rapping over it like that those are a dime a dozen but it just it felt like to me like the music didn't mesh well with her vocals and then once she stopped singing and he takes over i'm like oh and the rap is in english so you know what he's saying from start to finish that's entirely in english and he's got good he's got good vocals like a lot sometimes like some rap songs like i just i for the life of me i don't get what they're saying like i legitimately just don't understand the words that are coming out of their mouths but i understand him and so i i felt like he did a pretty good job and the lyrics were a little wonky but eh, that's okay i can live with wonky lyrics but yeah with that, you know, we, we've gone through pretty much her entire career. You know, it the uh, digitally, the the song Hatsukoi did very well. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure it broke a bunch of records for the Oricon already with it being released just the last couple of days. I've been looking around on Japanese Twitter and Tower Records has been promoting the bejesus out of it <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it, it was promoted pretty well prior to release it was. I, I can only imagine oh, yeah. how how well they're promoting it now i mean that thing's probably a beast in japan every every corner you see like you'll see utada's face i i imagine just like who utada bye me <laughs> okay okay What's, I, I will really say also, is, um, um, I will also say uh, as a fun note, Asukoi probably does have my least favorite Utah song on it. And that's Anata. Uh, I don't like that song. Which one? Anata. Anata. I, I, so I didn't like it the first time I heard it. And then after I listened to it more, I actually really enjoyed it. See, but it I took a few listens to actually really like it. it was, like for me, like, like, I was hoping that that song would grow on me, but it just grades on my nerves, and I, I just, I just can't. Like, I just can't. Like that song is so annoying to me. So, I, I will say that. Like that, that's the only other thing with Hatsukoi. It's like, it's got my fifth favorite song. It's got the, it's got the bottom of the barrel for me. Like, <laughs> if we were labeling like her entire discography. Like the whole Exodus album would be ahead of Anata for me. That's just how I feel. Oh, well, <laughs> that says something. I like Easy I, Breezy. I, mean, I liked yeah. Easy Breezy more than this, and Easy Breezy has some very questionable lyrics in it. <laughs> oh yeah, um, you're Easy Breezy, and I'm Japanese. Easy. Yeah, like, when I heard that, really? I'm like, you just didn't. Oh, gee. <laughs> okay. You know, I was in Target when I heard that song, and I audibly said that exact same phrase you just you just did not say that did you oh my lord yeah i'm hurting inside yeah those are real lyrics to a real song and i'm like I'm, like to be fair i actually liked the music in easy breezy it was the lyrics that like put the kibosh on that song i actually i like the music and i like her vocals because it does fit yeah. with the music yeah oh yeah yeah but i do lyrics. agree with the lyrics the lyrics the li like the, i actually the, like, 
I actually do listen to that song, but I like it because of the music and her vocals, and I ignore the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, that's because I like how it she, flows. She nailed both of those. Like the music and her vocals are amazing, and I'm. But you're like you. You actually pay attention to what she's saying. You're like, what is this? Am I think I she somewhere? tried to do it to rhyme too, and she was trying to think of something to go with it, and that yeah. probably just all she could think of at the time. I don't know, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if some producer pitched her that line and somehow sold it to her. I wouldn't be too shocked about that either. Just because, like, maybe. I mean, she seems to have wrote because she actually translated some of the Exodus songs to Japanese so they wouldn't get lost in translation. Uh, just because they were, you know, so inappropriate, which is I, interesting. I, I, be- I believe but, that she wrote the. I believe that she wrote the songs herself, but I, I'm just saying a producer could have pitched her a line. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, you should do a song about this, you know? Yeah. So, but who knows? Um, who knows? But yeah. 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 But, yeah, yeah. It, it's interesting. And, uh, mm-hmm. I will say I'm looking forward to see where her career takes her. Uh, me too. Me too. I'm looking to see what's next and please no more hiatuses. <laughs> I, I don't think they've done. Hopefully well for her career because it seems like every time she goes on a hiatus and she comes back there's a slight quality diminish especially the last one just personal opinion yeah like like and i I get like sometimes you need a break because you get burnt out your creative juices stop flowing and you you just need to take a break but i think if you stop producing if you stop creating it it just you don't grow as an artist so you you have to keep at it you have to keep going and for someone as talented as utada and and just such a lovely voice it it's it's always a shame when she's like yeah i'm gonna take a five six year break and i, I get she probably wanted to be with her husband um and her kid and That'd be one weird custody battle, I guess. But because <laughs> I imagine yeah, he still lives in mention. Italy and she's in Japan, and I, I and I wonder if he's like a huge Kingdom Hearts fan. Can you imagine the burn like when you pop, boot up like Kingdom Hearts three? This game you've been waiting on for t- twelve years now, tw- about twelve years, and no, fourteen, twelve, fourteen years, something like that, and. It's like you were a huge fan, and then you meet the lady that did the theme. You wind up marrying her. You're this colossal Kingdom Hearts fan. You break. You have this divorce. You have a kid. You got, and all of a sudden Kingdom Hearts three comes out, and you're like, oh, I've been waiting so. Long. Oh man, I gotta listen to my ex-wife. I can't escape her no matter what. I, I just I can only imagine. What's What's funny because he is a he is a, he used to be a fan of her too. So. I am. That's a, yeah, it's interesting. Very interesting. Best of luck, buddy, if you're listening. My heart goes out to you. Yes, yes. And Utah, if you're listening, we love you. Don't don't take anything that <laughs> oh, we've said we as, as as hurtful uh, by any means. Like we say, we say things because we love you and we just want to see you be better. You know what's really funny? She does have an official Instagram. But 
All the pictures are our cats. Utada does she doesn't post any lady. pictures of herself. Yeah, yeah. So she does strike me as a. She cat doesn't lady. have any pictures. She doesn't have any pictures of herself or her kid, but just cats. <laughs> it's just so weird. Huh. I mean, maybe she just doesn't want him in the spotlight and people wanting to know who he is. You know, I, I could see her keeping herself, and she just kind of strikes me as a cat person. Yeah, so. she. I don't think she follows anyone. I think she like she. Like, not really much people know about the account, so to speak. Mostly because you just wouldn't think it's... Yeah, she might do that on purpose so she can be on Instagram and enjoy everyone's photos without people, like, constantly commenting on her photos and bugging her. So, yeah. it could be that. So, it's it's it's, it's really funny because she's official and everything, but it's just, like, not much people know what the account is, and uh, you wouldn't think of it. As a I, Utaro, I cannot Utaro, find it. I'm on uh, Instagram, Instagram right now looking for it. I can't find it. Yeah, and she doesn't use her name either. I think she uses a, a nameless name, but it's just really funny. That's interesting. Um, I'll I'll send over the information because I believe my, like my friend taught me that that her official quote unquote her official account is just pictures of cats. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, she, she I wonder if she's a cat hoarder. Oh, she you, she updates it fairly regularly. I think she uh. You, you she know she spends one, like, a couple. You know she spends her weeks. early morning co uh coffee in like a Neko cafe, just surrounded <laughs> by the cats. Wait. Oh, hello Neko. Hello Neko. Hello Neko. Tell you now. <laughs> oh, hiyo gozaimasu but, Neko. Yeah, with... <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's go on and uh, we'll list our top five favorite songs. And we're going to do a little bit different from what we've been doing at the last two artist spotlights. We're going to, we're all going to start saying our number fives and then we're going to go into reasons and then we're just going to go up and up and up and we're going to all keep taking turns on the position, so to speak. I will skip my number two as a heads up because it's someone's number okay. one. Okay. <laughs> Just as a heads up, I will be skipping my number 2 because it's somebody's number one. Is it mine or uh no, it's not it's not yours. It's Luna's. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. And I don't want to steal her thunder. Okay, um, so. sh shall I go first then? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, my number 5 is traveling. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good song. Mm -hmm, it really is um, specifically um, there was a rule that I set for myself for my top five is um, I wouldn't put any of the Kingdom Hearts songs <laughs> English or Japanese because that's 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 an easy list in and of itself now we could make a top five which spe specifically just the Kingdom Hearts songs <laughs> well I did not follow that um, rule <laughs> <laughs> Initially, Spoiler I had that, both yeah, of them um, in my top five, and then I was like, "Well, I gotta nix one of them for another one." So, no, um, traveling is probably my, one of my favorite songs by her on the earlier sides. Um, you, when we get to uh, my other songs, you'll know what uh, what specific album I took it from. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, traveling had a very good beat, and I just love the chorus. Just. I kept on. I remember I would be uh, listening it to uh, on my iPod and uh, while I'm 
waiting for the bus and the course just hits and I would just go wave my arms and traveling. You're, you're listening to that. traveling while you're waiting for the bus. The irony in that just speaks volumes. Yes. And then, you know, my, it's funny because I would be listening to it and then my, my, my ex would be right next to me and she would be like, why are you waving your arms? <laughs> Catching the bus. <laughs> But she, and she would go like, oh, okay, I understand that you're doing that while you're waiting for the bus, but you also do it when you're on the bus sometimes. <laughs> Can you explain that? I go, oh, no, nothing. Just nothing. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of her older songs. It's my personal favorite. If you were to uh, tell me um, one of one of the earlier songs, which songs would you like? Uh, traveling is definitely my favorite song. It's a really good song. Good choice. Good choice. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Uh, so uh, I guess I'll go next for my number five. I did not follow Ken's rule. Um, I probably should have, but my number five is Hikari. And I... In a way, I followed it. In a way, I didn't. Yes, it's the theme to Kingdom Hearts, but at the time I fell in love with that song, I actually didn't have any idea. I just really loved the song. I remember I started Sakura Drops, and I went to Hik- I found Hikari afterward, and the chorus just stuck with me how powerful that song was, and I remember watching the music video for the first time, and that was actually the first music video of hers I've ever seen. So that always stuck with me. Because it was a very, just her washing the dishes while she's singing. <laughs> so, yes, that's well, at, the at video. One the, video. At one point in the song, she talks about turning off the TV. So I, I can I can see that. <laughs> but, um, so this song was, you know, special to me. as It was one of my early um, Utada songs. And like I said, it's from Deep River. That song actually holds a couple of my favorites. It, this is just a song that has a lot of memories for me, and I, I just had to choose it. So I do recommend this song, and I'm pretty sure everyone's already, already heard this song, so I probably shouldn't have to recommend it. But if you haven't heard it, definitely check it out. So. And. And whenever. Uh, so I will say one more thing. Whenever I hear Simple and Clean, sometimes I think of the Hikati lyrics for some reason. I guess, you know. It, it, hap- it happened to me, too. I, it, ha- it happened to me after after I fell in love with Hikari. Like every time, like I would hear the the melody. In my mind, it was no longer simple mm-hmm. and clean. Yep. It, like my mind immediately, oh, that's Hikari. It's just it. The moment yep. that switch in my mind flipped, I was like, like there's just no going back once you hear Hikari. It to me, I I love that song. It's just like whoa. Because there was one day I was in, it was back when I was at UNCC, and there was a girl, uh, she was at the piano, because we were in a lounge, and there was a piano there, and she was over there, and she was, she started playing something, and it took me a minute to figure it out, but once I finally caught on in it, I, I was like, that's Hikari, isn't it? And I was more surprised that everybody instantly knew the song I was referring to, because I, to my knowledge, they don't listen to the J-pop, but... Mm-hmm. They, they 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 knew Hikari. Um so I was I was a little surprised by that. So yeah, like yeah. like once very that, distinctive once that, song. 
once once you make that dis that switch, like for me, it's like okay, we're, we're good. Um, I guess okay. I will do mine now. Uh, num mm -hmm. my number five song is uh off of her newest album, and initially it it was for a while there for me it wasn't in my top five because I've I've loved uh some of these songs for years and I've only been listening to this song for the past two months, but. In preparation for the show, I had to listen to it many times because uh, I wanted to find the right part of the song to include in the opening montage. And through that process, I wound up pretty much falling in love with the song. And at the end of the day, I, ha I just could not make a top five list without it being in my top five. So my number five is Play a Love Song. It it's it's such a good song it it is one of her best songs in years easily and it, it's just it's got a great melody to it um like it's it's one of those things where it's like i really would love to see like the music video and it's there's just something romantic about it too, and I I do I, I love the song. It's it's a great song. I do too, and I actually didn't think to mention this when we were talking about Hatsukui, but this was like my second favorite song in the album. I really loved this song. I thought it was very catchy, um, beautiful. Like I loved everything about that song. So. Yeah, it, it is good. Same, uh, it, same. It's. Um, probably my favorite song off the album. Mm -hmm. That and Forevermore, I'm tied. Yeah, Forevermore. I think we can all agree that Play a Love Song and Forevermore are the two best songs on that album. And I think it just depends on who you talk, like, the order of those. Because Forevermore is, that's a stellar song too. Just for me, Play a Love Song, it just beats it out. And... Uh, like I, I will listen to this song on repeat every day of the week. Like it is so good, it's so good. So yeah, um, I guess I'll uh, go on to my number four, and um, it will be "Keep Trying." Oh, I love uh, that one from Ultra Blue. Yeah, it is probably my only favorite song on the. Uh, on the uh, album, if we uh, are then, excluding passion, then mm -hmm. I, I owe you an apology. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been so rough on it had I known your number four was on that album. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I, I give that album a bunch of flack. If those two songs weren't on the album, I probably would not have gotten it. <laughs> but um. The final part of that song, the last like minute or so, is probably the best part of the album. I really like that part of the the song when she goes into the last part of the the song. Just keep on trying, saying all these things of encouragement and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, during the time when I was listening to the song, it I was going through a really rough time, and um, that 
kind of get me a little bit of inspiration that you know keep on doing it no matter what keep on trying mm-hmm. so personally this song is a um just a momental keeper and it's it's number four for a specific reason it would have been number one but the the uh the next couple songs i ended up loving like a lot <laughs> lot more and when we get to number two and number one honestly number two and number one can flip-flop just de- depending on the day but we'll go into that but number four just keep on trying is um has a lot of good meaning towards it especially near the end of that part of the song so i'll go to my number four is actually i i kind of hinted at it before is sakura drops uh this was the first song i actually ever heard by utada and i this is a very memorable song for me i remember hearing it and her vocals and how distinct the song was and it's a song that i always go back to i always gravitate towards by hers of course it's not my number one because i have something else that means a little bit more but it this is just one of those really beautiful unique just the moment that song opens you're hooked and when you hear her start singing and i I just, I was just drawn in. I was amazed by her vocal style, the type of song it was. And to this day, I still, I was listening to it earlier today. And I just love how she says, Sakura I, I can't sing, forgive me. But I just love <laughs> how she, you know, brings it up and goes up and goes down. And it's just an amazing song. And of course, it's off Deep, it's off deep River. I, I it was so hard to choose because I wanted more uh, songs from that album because there's so many good ones. But though that was one I had to choose as it was my first song by her and it it still holds up today and I still always gravitate toward that song. So I will say I, I agree with you. That song is amazing. There's nothing else quite like that song. And that opening mm-hmm. piano rift, it's an instant hook. Like the moment yes. you hear it, you're like, "Oh, I'm I'm in." Whatever you're selling, here's my money. Take it. <laughs> like that opening piano, yeah, stellar. I I agree with you. Definitely. It's, it's not my number four, but I love that song. It is. Mm-hmm. It is good, by all means. Yes, completely agreed. My number four song is. Shouldn't be too much of a surprise uh, if you know me. We've talked about it already. Uh, in fact, the next two we've talked about already. Uh, but my number four is Beautiful World. I love this song. It is one of my favorite songs that she does. I love the melody behind it. It's something I have on repeat. I remember when I first watched Evangelion 1.11, I got to the end, and I'm one of those people where, especially at the end of a movie, like I'll, I'll kind of just like tune it out, or like, like I just don't pay that much attention. But I, just something about this song, it made me fall in love with it, and... Um, like there was a couple of times where I watched the entire movie of Evangelion 1.11 just to listen to the song because 
uh, you know, I, at the time I didn't know the name of it. I thought the name of the song was uh, "It's Only Love." I didn't know the name of the song was "This Beautiful World," and it shows you how much I pay attention because it's right there at the, in the ending credits. But I I pay zero attention, and it it took me a while to figure it out. But once I finally got it, I had it on repeat in my car, and I didn't have a two-hour movie to sit through to enjoy it. But it's a two-hour movie I enjoy, and I frequently go back and rewatch anyway, so it's not, not a big deal. But I, I do love Beautiful World. It's a, it's a lovely song, and definitely recommend it. But yeah, I mean, um, we're going to continue on to my number three. Which is your number four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a feeling that might would happen. Yeah, because... Um, beautiful world. Oh, so, this is going to pretty much... Uh, a little bit of a spoiler here. The next three songs are from Heart Station. <laughs> this is... There's, there's no there's no way around it. Heart Station was my favorite album. It was the technically the first album I bought with my hard-earned money <laughs> uh, working at a bowling alley, and I bought that album soon after $50. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Holy cow. I got mine for yeah. $6 on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, it's, a, it's an authentic Japanese import, too. I bought it from a Japanese seller, and it is, you know, authentic. But, yeah. The only way that we were able to get it was uh, from a – was from a – we had a book off here. But the book off here <laughs> – I would, I would tend to uh, rip you guys off if you. I was if gonna say it's that. probably overpriced, unlike the ones in Japan, it's because uh, super, it's super overpriced because they're selling retail pricing. Oh, Whoa. yikes! Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah, I bought, I bought, uh, I bought Heart Station for uh, about fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going on a uh, beautiful world. Uh, I did not know anything about this album. I just bought it because I was like, you know, I really like Utada Hikaru. Um, I'm just going to buy one of her albums. And I bought this one. And I did not know anything of it being tied to Evangelion. And a lot of these songs from this album really stood out. A Beautiful World is probably the... It used to be my second favorite song on the album, but the first two of my list knocked it down quite a bit but the melody i love the melody for it oh yeah and i i can uh i can get where you're getting at gray with the being confused with the title of the song yeah because she says it's only love like she keeps on saying yeah she keeps on saying (laughs) it all the time right like because i thought that was the name of the song for months if if not a year like because she does say beautiful world several times too, but you hear it's only love more than you hear beautiful world. And you're like, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I do. I, I love this song. It's so good. So good. Yeah. It's so good. So my number three is actually distance. I love this song so much, and it is—it was not one of her um, 
it was not one of her singles or anything like that. And yes, Final Distance was made as a single later, but something about Distance just really stuck with me. I think it was the lyrics to it, the melody, the song, just how she sings it. Something about that song really, it really got to me. And I, I was listening to that on repeat for the last couple weeks. It, it's one of those songs that, I mean, I love the, you know, the reboot of it for Final Distance, but this one, it just, I don't know how to describe it. It, um, it's special to me in a way. So I actually bought the Distance album when I was in Japan and I only heard the singles off of it, but I didn't have the whole album. So when I finally listened to it, this was the song that really stuck out the most for me and really meant something to me. So that's why that's my number three. It was a hard choice because I, I, I have a lot of, it, it, it was hard choosing, but I, I listen to this one a lot more than my other, um, my other two. So I, I will say, I think it was a hard choice for all of us. Uh, I, I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of songs mm-hmm. in my top five that I love. They're not in my top five. So, uh, yeah, this one, I just, there's something about it and I always get it stuck in my head and it's just such a beautiful song. So I, I had to choose this as my number three. It just kind of felt, you know, something special. All right. I will go on to my number three. And I also did not um, follow Ken's rule. So, Ken, you're the only one playing by rules. <laughs> I also went with the Kingdom Hearts well, song. Well, no, well, the, the... The only reason why I made those rules was because it was, it it could be considered fairly easy in oh, other yeah. people's minds. That's the only reason why I made those rules. Oh yeah, it's totally easy. But at the same time, I wanted to be genuine, and I love passion. I I would be lying if I didn't say I love that <laughs> song. That song is amazing. Like from the first time I heard Sanctuary, my jaw hit the floor. I routinely I would restart a new game just to watch the opening cinematic and listen to that song. And I would do that over and over and over again when I got Kingdom Hearts 2. And I got Kingdom Hearts 2 ironically enough I actually got Kingdom Hearts 2 a week before it came out because it was back in the early early days of Amazon and it got shipped to my house the week before it came out. So I had Kingdom Hearts 2 before anybody else. And I loved that song. I loved that song. I I am not going to mince my words. And when I was coming up with my top five, I'm like, it, it would be real disingenuous to, for me not to have it in here. So, yeah, passion. I love it. Like, th- I love that song. And it is... It is one of her, uh, clearly it's one of her best songs, um, but just the beat, the, the way that it moves and rolls, I love the background um, vocals, and I love that the English version left those in there. And I remember growing up as a kid, uh, you, you would go on YouTube, like we would be talking about the song in high school. And you know, there's all these theories about what were they saying in the background to this day? I have no idea what they're saying in the background, 
but I remember there was this theory that if you play the song backwards, you'll hear the phrase, his name was Ansem. And so you, if you look up on YouTube, there's multiple versions of the song being played backwards. And uh, I don't, I don't know if they added it in there after the fact or if it's genuinely in there, but I've watched videos where you, you legitimately hear his name was Ansem and Ansem is a very important character in Kingdom Hearts. So I like just this song was a huge part of my high school years and I I love it. It's just it's just all there is to it. I, I love it. But yeah, now we're gonna go into my uh number two songs. And it is uh Prisoner of Love. Ooh, oh, that is song. a great song. That's I love that song. one. That is a good song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is how much I really love number two and and number one for that matter. Uh, just to go behind the scenes here, about two to three weeks ago, Gray asked us what was our number one song. At that time, I said Prisoner of Love. And then when I changed it to the number one song that I said for a couple of days ago, I was like, yeah, I like this song a little bit more. Just just by a smidge. It's just really how I'm feeling because Prisoner of Love is really good. And mostly because I am a prisoner of love. <laughs> I think we're all prisoners of love to some point. <laughs> <laughs> but the the song is very good. And um, it's the first song on her second best of album and it's a great way to kick off that second best of yeah oh yeah i can totally see that 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 is i i do i love that song it's so good so catchy got a great hook to it like that's a stellar song but yeah it's it's my number uh, it's my number two song mostly because the lyrics and the beats oh man it's 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 really good. <laughs> that's that's pretty much all I can say for now. So my number two is actually somebody's number one. So I probably should skip. <laughs> and so Gray, I think we're both in the same boat because I realize my number two is somebody else's number one. Is it mine or Ken's? It's Ken's. Oh, <laughs> uh, interesting. And okay. maybe I should have had it at number two. <laughs> yep. Oh uh, well, I have to skip my number two because it's your number one. So. Yeah. So. So now I guess we just go into our number ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. And you'll to find out ones. what our number twos are. <laughs> uh, my number one song is "Flavor of Life." Yep. Uh, there are two versions of it, and. You know, there is a ballad version and a regular version of the song. Um, I really like the original version. The ballad song deafens one of the chorus's parts. That's the only reason, but... Yeah, I I agree with you because I love the original version as well. So Yeah, the, the original version is so good. It's so pretty. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. It's, it's one of the songs that made me cry. It's a very um, has a very elegant tone to it too. And that's the um, the only 
the only thing that I can think of. It's it has such an elegant tone and it's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm getting chills just talking about it right now. I know. And well, you, I just you hear it playing in the background, so you're can, like, oh, whatever. It's so good. And I get chills whenever I listen to that song. There's something about that song that just you just love it, and it fills you with emotion too. And yeah, it is a beautiful, beautiful song. And it's what's what's really funny is you know, in my work playlist, my juicy playlist, this is the only song. This song and my number two song, uh, Prisoner of Love, are the only two songs on that playlist. Everything else is separated, but that, that really tells you how much I love the song. Because yep. I'm willing to listen to it almost every single day. <laughs> yep. That's so cool. And this is a song I could listen to every day. It's it, it, it's definitely my favorite song off Heart Station, and it made my number two. This was a song that really resonated with me. It, Flavor of Life is one of those songs for me. I, I love this song. It is easy top ten for me. Uh, I I love the song to death. It's just it didn't make my top five, but this song is really really good and excellent choice. Play it. This song. Oh, it speaks for itself. Definitely. It does. And with that, let's uh, go into your number one song. So, my number one song is First Love. This this song has, I think it was really the lyrics, the beauty of the song. The beauty, but it's also a very sad song. I mean, it's sad, but it's, it's like a reminiscing song, and... I guess that's why this song does mean a lot to me because it always makes you think about that sometimes. And the first time I heard this, I I just fell in love with the song. And I've heard several covers of it, like Meiji actually did a good cover, but nothing can ever compare to Utada's version. Oh, yeah. It is such a, there's so much power and emotion in this song and you really hear it. To the point, it, it it's made me cry. Like, I've been listening to it before and I've cried because it's just, yeah. the lyrics have gotten to me, you know? the And every I feel this is a song everyone can relate to when you hear it. Oh, so it's... I think that's why this song is, it can have special meaning to a lot of people, but there's just something about this song. That, and I've listened to this song on repeat before. And even if I'm happy, it's just one of those songs that it, it has so much power and beauty to it. And beauty within sadness, I guess, as well. Yeah, so, it's, it, it's such a sad song, but you're right. It's it's so beautiful, and it has so much meaning. And you can hear, you can hear it in the way that she sings it. Just how mm-hmm. emotional the song is for her, and mm-hmm. I I love yes. songs like that where. It's such an emotion that it's genuine. Like, the emotion in the song crosses every language boundary in existence. You, can't, you cannot understand a lick of what she's saying and get the passion and heart that's in this song. And I find that to be truly 
amazing and just a sign of mm -hmm. how really talented she is as a singer mm -hmm. this this song is something really special i i it agree is. with you luna i love this song it's so good and i will play it on repeat i've been in tears because it's just again you hear yes. you just you hear her passion and she just takes you along for that ride and you're you're done. You're just so undone by it. I, I, I will agree. This this song is so good, so good. It is, and I I got it playing in my head right now, and I know it's playing in the background. But it, you're right. It tra I feel like it transcends the language barriers. It's one of those songs that you can feel every bit of emotion, and you, you just go up, you get chills, and it also makes you want to cry because there is some English in it. So. Yeah. You pretty much got an idea what the song's about if you don't know Japanese. Um, but when you look up or like hear, get a translation of the actual lyrics, it gets to you even more when you understand yeah. it because you're just like in tears and you're crying. And it, that's how like I felt when I heard this song. When I, I heard I just start crying. It's also it's a sad music video. Really gets to you. It's a sad music video too. Yeah, it's it's like one of those, you know. They say that uh, there's always sad, there's always sadness and beauty, and that's what this this is. A, that's a good way to describe this song. So. Yeah, this this song is probably my number six. Yeah, it was originally on my number five, but then I really did think about traveling <laughs> a lot more. Uh, but traveling is a good song. for for me personally. If. Uh, you can't sing this song i don't think i would like you <laughs> if you can't sing this song in karaoke um fairly well or sing the song at all then i'm sorry you're dead to me as a person <laughs> <laughs> well i've been working and, and on my docile tones <laughs> <laughs> that'll tell you a lot because a lot of my exes at least sung this song once at karaoke <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Hey, good yeah, choice. All three of them has at least sung the song. <laughs> but yeah. All right. And, and for... Gray will lead up with yours. I, I was the only one that chose a fast song <laughs> for my number one. And uh, this is a song, uh, I, I love it. it. Obviously, it's my number one song. Uh, it is Time Will Tell. I, I just, this song to me, it was my alarm clock for a while because it's just, it's a good way to start today. Just this level of positivity that just exudes from this song. It's got such a good beat. Um, it just, it gets stuck in my head. I will play it on repeat. It's got such a good, like, I, I'm listening to it and I'm struggling to find the words to describe it. Mm -hmm. it's I, a, I mean, it does have a really good beat. It, gets, it draws you in. It's a great song. I mean, it's definitely one of uh, my top songs as well, especially because, you know, she does a lot of ballads and this is such a great upbeat song and showcases her vocals as well. Also, this is just a really good song to dance to. Like when we talk about mm -hmm. dancing music, this is this is what I think of like dancing music. Like, like I will get up and I will shake what little booty I got to this song. Like I love this song, and I, I will, I'm one of those. 
people like I really get into this song. It's it just it's so fun and one of the things for me is I listen to music for fun and there's a lot of things there's a lot of songs that I like that aren't fun at all. Um, but when I find a song that is fun that just sings to me on a personal level like this song does it's i i can't help but fall in love with it this is this is is this is a quintessential fun song and it is to me this is her best song like when we were doing number ones i didn't think twice about time will tell and it it just is to me this song is spectacular And it's such a great song. I mean, like, it, I like the R&B feel to it. You know, it has that dance R&B that you remember from the 90s. And it it's a great song in general. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the R&B feel is really what drew me into this song. Because it's just... It's, it's there. And, but it's poppy enough, too. It, it is that, that blend of pop... R&B that you talked about. This was technically her first music video? Um, this and Automatic were on the... Yeah. Were on the... They were the double... Um, eight, they were double A-side. Yeah. So this was her first music video because it was Time Will Tell slash Automatic, so... Yeah, yeah. And both were... That was a great single to start out with because both were great songs. I mean, it was such oh, an yeah. amazing debut. Well, and that was the reason why I went with automatic as the opening, because the, the the goal of the opening was to showcase her career. Uh, there, like every song you hear, is in chronological order of release. And I would have loved to have had "Time Will Tell" started off, but I knew going into the process this was my number one song, so I had to put automatic for that first. And automatic oh, yeah. is just as good almost yes it's so i agree like they're both great songs and what a way to start a career and she was right like time will tell and i think she stood the test of time and this song in my humble opinion is timeless to be fair i think all all the songs that we talked about today are timeless but uh, these top three in particular, I think will be will stand the test of time. They'll be just as good in mm -hmm. 15 years as they are today. So good. Also, this is the first song I heard of 2018. As a fun fact. Oh wow. Yeah, because because I was leaving um I was leaving a party. It was it was like 12:05. Uh, like I, I was at a party, the ball dropped, and I was tired. And so, after the ball dropped, said goodbye, and I hopped in my car. And I'm like, eh, you know, New Year, let's start it off on the right foot and put on Time Will Tell. And that was the first thing I listened to on my way home. <laughs> so. But yeah, with that, you know, this is our, I want to thank you guys for listening to our very special episode, our artist spotlight on Hikaru Utada. And um, 
do we want to announce who's going to be our our next artist right now? Well, I, I no, said we would I... announce it at the end of this episode. Unless oh, you guys okay. don't want to. Yep, okay. I think we should. All right. So I'll, I'll... next... Oh, well, I'll let you do the honors, Gray. I, I will do. I will do the honors, probably because I'll be the one hosting that one from top to finish. Because I, I, <laughs> I am the biggest fan of this group by by two miles in the sunset. Um, this is a group very near and dear to my heart. I, I love them to death. Um, they are very. Uh, I had this fun pun uh, I came up with a while back, and I thought about teasing them with this pun, but I figured it'd give it away. So I, I. I held off of using it but i'll use it now um i will say the next group will be the most iconic group that we talk about um which is a pun on iconic because they were at akon and that is bradio uh, at the end of july our next spotlight will be bradio and i i will say i am really really excited for this um I even I even called my parents and told them how excited I was. <laughs> I've never called my parents and told them how excited I was for an artist spotlight. I I'm on. I am I am my foot is on the accelerator. I cannot be more pumped for this. Um, they are an amazing band. They mean a lot to me, and I know they just have their first major label, but. At the same time, you know, they're not the biggest band. Um, they don't have the largest career, but I think what they've managed to do in such a small time is really cool. And I, I love their sound. They, they, they exist in a time where you don't hear many bands like them. So stay tuned. Um, we will be pimping it out for the next month but um i am excited uh and i hope you guys are too because it's going to be something special and it's it stay tuned that's that's all i will say for now um i make can i say one thing i'm i'm actually excited about this as well because i i up until now, I haven't actually listened to much radio. And two days ago, I was on the treadmill and needed something to watch. So I went on their YouTube page and sat there watching all their music videos. Or at least half of them I got through, or a good amount of them. But I will say the first, uh, well, I'll probably talk about it in the podcast. But I'm very excited to be experiencing a new band, something that I've never heard before. So... Yeah, uh, that that uh, podcast will happen on the 27th of July, so please look forward to it. Um, we'll most likely be doing our artist spotlights at the end of the end of the month. So, unless something else comes up, or if it's a bigger artist where we kind of need some time to do to flesh it more out, we'll most likely be doing it almost close to every month. But yeah, and then uh, another special announcement. We will be also doing another live show on uh, July 20th. That is a, a Friday. And you it will be hosted on Twitch. So uh, a little bit different this time around. Um, and we'll be 
will be helped out by our affiliate Koyu Hunter. So thank you for him for helping us to uh, set that up. Uh, for the most part, you'll be seeing what we kind of look like, or at least what I look like. Uh, I'll be uh, the one with the video camera anyway. So please look forward to that. And um, next week will be a, a special episode. I'm just going to kind of tease it just a little bit now. Uh, it's just going to be uh, me and Luna next episode. So, And we're going to go into a deep dive of uh, a couple of our favorite artists. It'll be a fun show. It will be a fun show. Yeah, it'll be a little bit different from what we usually do. Yes, we're spicing I, it up a little bit. Yeah, I, I kind of want we kind of want to see what uh, how this format will do, and uh, for something that we're going to be planning on later on down the line, if you guys decide to like this format, maybe we'll do some more episodes like this. But yeah, um, I want to thank you guys very much. Um, you can reach us at ongaku2u at gmail.com. You can follow us on all the major social media outlets, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at ongaku2u.com, and Facebook at facebook.com slash groups, uh, ongaku2u, I believe that's what the URL is. But if you just type in ongaku2u at the Facebook search bar, you can find us instantly. And um, also, I will be in Japan next week, so expect a lot of granular footage from that on our Twitters and Instagrams. So um, I'll be trying to uh, go to a lot of live shows, and uh, I will be going to the Jump Music Fiesta, so if you guys are there, I don't know if you'll know what I look like, but uh, <laughs> I will be taking pictures of it over there too. Just tell Kayakazaki oh, yeah. if jealous. you want and Little Glee Monster. Tell yeah. Little Glee Monster I said hi. I'm jealous. I'm super jealous. What? And I'm, I'm, I'm jealous really times jealous. 10. You get to see Leo. I think um Little Glee Monsters opened the show that day. I'm 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 forgetting um the time the timetable, so to speak. I, I think Little Glee Monsters opens it and uh Kizaki Kaya is like in the middle of the the set list so are they just are they just gonna do like yeah. a song or two or are they gonna do like a full set um i'm not too sure i think it's like five hours four to five hours the show so i would assume that they're doing like a full set list let me just oh, wow. uh, jump on that real fast you might want to take an energy check or two <laughs> well you know the show doesn't start to like three or something like that so, and it runs all the um, way into the night so yeah yeah three to like nine or something like that um i'm so jealous do. i'd give anything but, to see little glee monster yeah. concert <laughs> yeah it starts at three ends at eight 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 thirty yeah, yeah wow. so it starts with little glee monster ends with flow <laughs> i, oh! I forgot that flow was going to <laughs> oh, it, flow's gonna be there too oh you're awesome live they're awesome live. I yeah. saw that in ASEN years ago. They are awesome. 
Yeah, no, so I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Now, <laughs> uh, I think uh, Kizaki Kaya and then uh, it's uh, Flo. But pretty much, um, yeah, uh, like a lot of my favorite artists actually play on Saturday because I want to see, to see Kanaboon and Bish and uh, Sakana Action. But, you know, Kizaki Kaya, yeah, that's uh, pretty much worth the ticket in and of itself. Yes. Yeah, it is. Because, yeah, they're playing on what, Sunday? Yeah, they're playing on Sunday. Yeah. What's sad is I don't know if there's going to be banned t-shirts or not. If there are, then I don't see them on their goods list. But they might, but who knows. But yeah, uh. just seeing a lot of Jump Music Fiesta stuff. Which I don't mind. I mean, a lot of the, the stuff I'll take. But, maybe maybe yeah. next um, year. You can also... <laughs> oh, go ahead, Gray. I was just going to say maybe next year me and, me and Luna can go too. Oh, I'm going oh, next yeah. year, but probably not to jump. I'm probably going to go with my fiancé and do an early honeymoon in Japan. So I want to hit Tokyo, and we also want to try to visit our our uh, friend Kyo and uh, maybe meet, meet him in Osaka, possibly, or visit him where he lives. I'm not going to say because it's personal. <laughs> Uh, let's just say this much. Um, if you are going to go visit him, let him know because the way to get to the closest station is about uh, about close to an hour. <laughs> I figured that's why I I told him I let him know because I I mean I would like to do that so I'm we're gonna see what happens next year but I also do plan to see a couple concerts while I'm there so I'm gonna see who's playing the time around the time I go. Yeah, poor Kyo. He lives out in the in the country, doesn't he? Yes. He he lives he lives out way in the boonies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to the point that uh, yeah, they uh, they have a system where pretty much uh, they they call someone to drive your car back if you get drunk, <laughs> if you uh, if you drink beer or anything like that, because uh, Japan is very strict on the the DUI laws. Because you pay like a three thousand dollar fine, and you possibly get your license taken away. That's a good thing, though. Keeps people from doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So. But yeah, we kind of got off the rails there. But but yeah, you yeah. you can follow uh, us at uh, Ongaku to you, all one word. Um, if you want to follow my antics, I don't really post on it too much, but you can follow me at Twitter at otyken one on Twitter, you can follow me on there, and you can uh, mostly be doing some some posting about Japan on the on on my personal Twitter, so you can follow me on that. Um, besides that, you can follow us to uh, at ongakutu.com. Um, updated daily. I'm not too sure how this week is going to go, um, mostly because I'll be in Japan, so maybe I might be able to do news a little bit faster because <laughs> I'm at the source. <laughs> So, and I'll try to, I got a few things I want to put up. I just, uh, just stay tuned. I'm still working on some articles and look forward to a blog from me when I get the, the CD room together. I, I have some projects and oh, stuff yeah. I really want to do is, uh, while I'm working two jobs, it's not feasible, but today I yeah, had, it's understandable. uh, t- well today I had to do a, uh, affirmation exercise, so I put on um, 
so like right now the background on, of my phone is um my last day at park it is going to be august 7th of this year and i've got to tape that to my steering wheel Yay. and i've got i had to tell you guys and <laughs> uh all things are to keep me accountable because uh if you have set a goal and don't tell anybody it's hard to keep it but if you get rem if you if you're reminded of it every day and you have people to hold you accountable it's a lot easier to achieve your goals so that is the goal so hopefully by august 7th which i looked i picked that day because it's an ex's birthday and we were talking it's like it's like because i said she, she was like well, what day in august do you think you're leaving and i'm like i don't know it's like well you need to pick a date all right, well, 7th, you know, that's an ex's birthday. That's just as good as anything else. That's maybe good luck, maybe bad. I don't know. And then I looked at it, and it's a Tuesday, and I'm like, I really wish I'd set the 10th. Or looked at a calendar and then said the 10th, because quitting on a Tuesday is weird. <laughs> but that's what I would do. So. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, oh, yeah. There's there's several projects that we're looking to do. Um, we're also looking to start streaming on Twitch, and really just build out the platform as a whole. So, stay tuned uh, as as uh, we go through some changes and uh, we adapt uh, to be a more of a multimedia platform that covers a wider range of topics. So then we'll always do the Japanese music. That that's going to be our bread and butter. But we're gonna branch out and do other things and try to grow our audience too. So, um, hope you guys stay tuned for that, and uh, we're we're excited about the future. We hope you guys are too. Yeah. And uh, before we go, I really wanted to talk about uh, this week's indie corner um, artist real fast. It is uh, Narcry Taki. They are a uh, four, sometimes five member pop rock band that formed last year uh if you guys listen to any of their songs you'll notice immediately something special about the the uh singer very very special um mostly because she sounds like a five-year-old girl <laughs> but uh she is a 23 year old lady <laughs> wow that's, that's but a, uh yeah that's a talent in itself <laughs> but yeah, um, she she acts like a pretty young girl too. But a lot of their songs are very high energy. One of the songs that I really like the most is Oshare uh, Taisaksen, which is probably their most famous song out of the group. But there are a couple ones like um, that are a little bit more slower and one of the other ones are a little bit more comedic like they did a music video that is basically them doing the a bots game a punishment game that is uh <laughs> if they uh don't do enough punish or uh, push-ups a ninja comes out of the closet and hits them on the butt on the butt with a stick <laughs> <laughs> that, that's um going throughout while they're they're uh, singing and stuff while the main main artist is singing so like the bass player and the you, you have me you, you have yeah. me at ninja comes out of a closet and hits them with a butt stick you, you had me <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah you can uh check check them out uh they actually are fairly successful there they're they became number one 
last week in the in the in Tower Records indie corner kind of label stuff, along yeah. with uh, She's Gone and um, what was it? Uh, the the Babysitter are are other uh, indie corner stuff bands that kind of made it. So yeah, uh, they they're fairly famous. That's they made it two weeks in a row. Yeah, I believe two weeks in a row. So more good on them. But yeah, you guys really got to check this band out if you guys had the chance to. Mostly because, uh, well, the bass player is a very attractive lady, too. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the lead singer is uh, something special. Like, like, I was thrown off. And my friend, who um, I kind of talked to my friend about all these different bands I get into, and he thought it was something of a joke. Because he didn't think that that was her real singing voice, but no, it is. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check him out. This sounds really, really interesting. Yeah. So. so. But yeah, you can check it out um, on our site, ongakudu.com, and you can check out all of our uh, former indie corner stuff. We're gonna reach ten this week, so. Yeah. A lot of research and a lot more fun. Um, I'm planning to try and reach out to one of the bands. Uh, that uh, I did a indie quarter on, and hopefully try get an interview. So that is the hope. <laughs> I hope so too. That would be awesome. But yeah, but yeah, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongaku Two, our very special uh, Hikaru Tada podcast, our artist spotlight podcast. But yeah, I want to thank you so much for listening to us this week. I'm your host Ken. You guys have a great day. Mahalos. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us this week. So happy to to have you guys all here. I hope you have a fantastic week and look forward to next week. Thank you. This is Luna signing off. And I just want to thank you guys, too. Uh, it's been a blast doing this. And Utada, if you're listening, we love you. Don't stop being you. Uh, and this is great. Signing off.